Well, 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 beautiful people, best damn nation. It is Wednesday, and you know what time it is. It is the best damn wrestling podcast. I am your humble host, Brian Renegade. And with me, I have the best damn crew. Uh, first of all, I have uh, the chef of all chefs. We call him Senor Fuego. He is the one and only chef. Showtime. What's that? Oh, yeah. How you guys doing today? Oh, man. Blessed and highly favored, my brother, as we always say, man. Good to have you on, chef. Oh, man. Next, I have the grappler of grapplers. He's your mama's favorite wrestler. He can whoop your daddy ass, Mr. Everything, Victor Andrews. What up, what up, what up, what up, good people, what up, good people. I'm in the building, I'm in the building. And of course, we got El Capitan, our leader of the show, Mr. Stargazer himself, Mr. Brian Renegade. What's going on there, brother? Oh, what's happening, partner? What's happening? Uh, looks like we got a special guest in the building, uh, wiping his royal brow, uh, as you see. Oh, man, Mr. Everything, I'm gonna let you do the honors of introducing our esteemed guest. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, there is not enough words in the dictionary, the thesaurus, or the encyclopedia to be able to tell you everything about this man like this man i listen he taught abraham lincoln how to wrestle oh man he called him the ages one for a reason okay okay he's the showstopper penny dropper willing dylan carl stealing uh-huh he's your granddaddy's granddaddy favorite okay <laughs> He can moonwalk in some in some slippers, okay? Some house shoes, some John Cletus, okay? And he can pray for you in the middle in the middle of all that. He can pray for you all that. This is my dear brother, good friend, man, mentor, um, word of advice, pastor, good man. Listen, like I said, there's not enough words I can say about this man. This is, ladies and gentlemen. The ageless one, Caprice Coleman. Oh, man. It's, it's an honor to be here. I appreciate the intro, man. I was I was wondering where you was going on it. I was like, man, listen, look, I didn't know, I didn't know what else to say. I told you the encyclopedia just doesn't do you any justice. Um, ladies and gentlemen, real quick, so a little history, a little background. Um, I first met Caprice through a mutual friend. Um through uh Ali Steele. You remember that day? Yeah, absolutely. I was absolutely I was on my way back from a um a seminar for Breath of Hitman Heart, where Chase Stevens invited me to. And Ali called me up and he said, Hey man, where you at? So I'm on my way home from Tennessee. He said, Stop by the house. I got somebody I want you to meet. And I said, All right, it was me and my good friend Sean. May you rest in peace. Love you, Sean. Um, we stopped through and Caprice was there and they was moving around in the ring. 
and me and Caprice got in the ring. And, and before I realized who he was, I was in there trying to show him some stuff that I learned in Tennessee with the, the five, five, five drill. And he was like, look, I, I stepped in the ring. I grabbed him by the hand. I said, let me show you. He said, hold man, wait, hold on. Tell me what you're doing first. <laughs> Before we do anything, don't be grabbing me, okay? I did all of them. That's that's what he did. Um, and I just showed him a couple of things that I learned. And he knew exactly what it was. Um, we got to move around in the ring, do a little bit of training, and I, I learned some stuff from right the little mini match and sat there and chopped it up. And we've been man, I've been to brother's house, I've cut his hair, I've cut his son's hair, um, yeah, yeah. hung out with his family and and Anytime I needed advice or anything, I was being able to call Caprice. Um, I've been doing some stuff that I didn't know Caprice was watching, and I would hear get a message from him like, "Hey man, good job." I'm like, what I do? What what happened? <laughs> um, but yeah, um, let's get to it, ladies and gentlemen. Best damn wrestling podcast. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Yeah, I'm making my head too big. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man. man. Go ahead, Caprice. Uh, I'm just saying it's an honor to be here. And I don't know who we in for, but uh, any time I've been called, man, I'm going to try to be there if I can be there for you, good brother, great dad, man. Caprice. Uh, anytime you see somebody like that, you can't hear me. It's muted. Oh, yeah, it's you sound like a, no, you sound like a robot. You're in the Matrix. In the Matrix. Got to take that T-Pain off. T-Pain. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'm on the Wi-Fi. DVD me to mess something up. Let's see. I'll do old school after this. Then, uh, again? Nope, no better. Oh man. Uh, Let me have you uh, log out and then come back in, and yeah, then uh, come back in. Yeah, we'll try that. Oh, man. Well, beautiful people, while we fix these technical difficulties, man, we got a hell of an interview for you. Uh, tell a, a little bit about uh, Caprice's background, man, for people who uh, are not too familiar with his body of work. Man, listen, this man has been all over Ring of Honor. He was a tag team partner with Capri, uh, Cedric Alexander when they were in Ring of Honor. They were the CNC um, Wrestling Factory. Um They've they've done a lot of stuff in in Japan. Caprice has been all over in Africa, um, Qatar. He's he's Qatar champion. He was WrestleCade champion, um, Ring of Honor tag team champion. He's worked for WWE. Uh, he still currently works for Ring of Honor. He's uh, one of the best color commentators to ever grace the the uh, the tables and the mic. Uh, he works alongside Ian Riccoboni. Uh, he's been with Omega. He's worked with. Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Shane Helms, like this man, this man needs his flowers, bro. Like he really needs his flowers. He's one of those guys that does not get the credit that he so deserves because uh, he's always so giving to others. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, you're in, you're in, you're in store for a very, very amazing interview to learn about this man and learn about his career, learn about his path and um, uh, religion as a pastor and you know just really get get a chance to get to know caprice coleman and and if you haven't 
man, go and go and check out some of the stuff that he's done in terms of wrestling. Go and look him up on on YouTube and, and watch him on, on Ring of Honor. He's very entertaining. Very, very entertaining. I don't think there's ever been a situation where I've been around Caprice and he did not do something that would entertain you. Like you could have a bad day, just be sitting around and he would walk up and say something goofy or silly. I remember one day I was at a WrestleCade and I was doing a promo for another company. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, anybody that's any wrestlers, young wrestlers, do not do that unless you get permission. That's, that's, that's not good business. Um, but I was doing a promo and Caprice happened to walk up behind me and it was a wall behind me so he's walking by the wall and he's looking like he's looking for an exit or something and i turn around and in the middle of my my promo i was like like what is what is going on right now and i was like we got caprice coleman and he was like oh hey man hey what, what's going oh. on <laughs> and i was like you want to add something and then he went into a whole promo right then and there and then he challenged me to a match which we never ever ever have not gotten yet. Ooh. <laughs> oh man. Is it a well, I came back in the right time? <laughs> right time. <laughs> you about to talk. Can't yeah, joke man. about you, man. I'm about to stop. I was not. I'm about to stop. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Caprice Coleman. Caprice, please. Uh, give us a quick rundown for those who are been living under a, a rock and don't know your body of work. Give us a rundown of what you've done and and, and everything that you are. Uh, I'm not good at that. <laughs> I can say uh, I've been part of the sport for the greater part of 25 years. Um, started out as a referee, trained under Matt and Jeff Hardy. Um started with their promotion, New Frontier Wrestling Alliance, turned into Omega. By the time it got to Omega, I went from referee into wrestling and uh, been wrestling with them until they got signed. Uh, ended up going to NWA Wildside for some years. I uh, got a lot of WWE work through that, uh, TNA work, uh, TNT and TNA and all, whatever, they, whatever their name were at the times. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then um, after that, uh, had some Ring of Honor work, and then I went overseas for a while. Uh, did some contract work for the military, and while I was overseas in Kuwait, um, did wrestling over there, and uh, still connected with them. Came back to the States in 2009. Uh, went back to NWA Wildside, which was NWA Anarchy, I think, at the time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Ring of Honor called, WWE called, TNA called. And they were all just trying to see where I was at. And I kind of got the vibe that they felt like I was older by that time. Um, I was always really hot on the indies over the in the magazines of next next best thing type deal, but never like never got a contract. And Ring of Honor called me and they said they're getting ready to get bought out. Um, they're getting ready to be bought by a big TV station and need some more wrestlers. And they definitely want to bring me aboard when they sign them uh, if I could. If I could hold up, because now like they're talking to me like I'm like 72 years old, bro. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, yes, I, of course I can, you know, I could do it or whatever. And they said, we got this idea we want to do. Da, da, da. And so um, they end up being uh, sold to uh, St. Clair Broadcast and they bring me on. And 
nah, this time I'm working the indies um, pretty hard. And I'm, and when I, when I got back in country, um, back from Kuwait, everybody was like, hey, what's your rate? And I tell them my rate. And it was like, oh, okay, well, you know, we, we could get Cedric Alexander for so and so and so. I was like, okay, you know, get Cedric Alexander. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and so I've heard this like three or four times, and I was like, who is Cedric Alexander? What the world? Who is this guy? And so then I'm on the, sh- I see him on the show. And so I call my brother, I, I want to be on the show. And I ended up being on the show. And I think Cedric's like the first match. And he was really, really young at the first at this time. And um, so I'm kind of shaking my hand. Everybody seeing me, being nice to me in the back. Like I'm really popular to wrestlers, but like the fans, I'm okay. But <laughs> so uh, after I made my rounds in the back, now I'm saying, but uh, his his match goes on. So I'm at the curtain. I'm watching this dude and my brother, Sweet Dreams. He's watching this dude. And 30 seconds in, we're looking at each other like this guy has it. Like he, he just, it's just some people, they just have it. You know what I mean? And, um, and so we introduced each other after that and, um, just kind of kept in contact, no big deal. And then we would end up at seminars together and I would say, Hey man, you know, you stay at that side of the room. I stay at this side of the room because they're going to see us together. They're going to try to make us the new Ebony Express or Harlem Heat or something. So just, you just stay in your lane. I stay in mine. And so, <laughs> and so uh, it's kind of our joke, but then Ring of Honor. Like when Ring of Honor does it, does hey, we got this idea. Say we got this young guy uh, that we think is really good, and we want to tag him up with like a mentor, uh, and we think y'all would be a great tag team. I say, okay, what's his name? Cedric Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. We never worked together, wrestled or anything, and um, we get up to the show. I think the show was in Virginia, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, that was like the first time. We like planned a match or, or anything, and we went against I think like Future Shock was Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, and we went against um I can't think of their names now, but they're they're, they're a pair of brothers, and they had like a uh, their gimmick their their gimmick was like uh their mama's boys. Um, one of them wrestles right now; he's in WWE now. Uh. Was it Julio De Niro? No, 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 no. Uh, one one brother's like a mayor, and the other one's in WWE. He does like a teacher gimmick. Uh, oh, um, whoa, uh, Chase, Chase, uh, Andre Chase. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was his? What was they were the um. The, anyway, dang, I'm, I'm I'm having a brain fart, but they were tremendous guys, great wrestlers, or whatever. But we wrestled them like that was our first match, and first the first night we had two matches. You know, and um, and they they loved us, and like we didn't have a name, a name or anything, and we were kind of in the ring, like, like this is good, like you know what I mean, and uh, so we got signed and and uh, been at Ring of Honor ever since, and he we did had a tag team run, he of course went off and went to WWE, and all proud of him and all, but I just I just stayed with Ring of Honor, and Ring of Honor just never lied to me. Um, then the pandemic happened, uh. Ring of Honor got uh, ran out of business after the pandemic. They paid us through the pandemic. I don't even know if I'm telling the side of the story you want to hear. That's why I'm like, I'm, I'm not good at this. Tell me what you've done. No, thing. man, keep going. Keep going, keep going. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and then um, everybody's contracts are, are running out or whatever. And then um, we did the final battle. And um, just knowing that we were told that it would pick back up in like April, 
um, or whatever, but it was kind of like we were taking a hiatus. And then at the end of April, I'm turning on TV, and my new boss is Tony Khan. And uh, we didn't know it. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like it was. It was kind of like me watching TV. I'm finding out then we didn't know what was, we didn't know if he was gonna use Ring of Honor for the, the video archives, or if he was gonna just take a couple of guys and just kind of be done with it, or what. Um, but by the grace of God, man, he took it and he has his heart into it where he's really trying to, like, do something with it. And um, I was part of the first 10 people to be called back. And um, I've been there since. So I work for Ring of Honor under AEW um, now. And I just keep in touch with people, man. And I just try to show love, bro, because I've, I've been on all aspects of wrestling from, from refereeing to wrestling to managing to producing to talk show host to commentating. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at now. So I, I'm literally like, they call me the Swiss Army Knight of Swiss Army Knight for pro wrestling. Um, Mr. Versatility. Um, I'm not Mr. Everything. That's Mr. Everything right there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's just kind of my thing, man. The guy, I just, I've just, in my career, I've always said yes uh, to, to opportunities, and it's blessed me to where. I'm able to do um, a lot of things in the same sport. Gotcha. Uh, tell us a little bit about your transition from being a referee to a wrestler. Um, like, what what went through your mind when that opportunity was approached to you? Like, hey, would you like to actually wrestle rather than referee? Uh, it, was, <laughs> it, was up, bro, for real. it was like that because it was like I was I was in practice. Um, one day, and, and like I said, we, we all, Matt and Jeff, and, and we all practice in, uh, what's his name? Cameron Grimes' yard, uh, his, his dad's yard. He had the ring in his yard. And so um, that's where we trained at. And then when I first came, I came as a wrestler. I wanted to wrestle, but I was very small, and they had Shannon Moore, and Shannon Moore was the, like, underdog. And it was like, well, we can't have, like, two underdogs, uh, you know, at the same time or whatever. And so when they uh, initially brought me in, it was like, well, he's a referee. But then, like I said, I was I was with them for I don't know how long. I don't want to say a certain amount of time and be wrong, but I was just there at one practice, and Matt was like, hey, you know, I think you're ready. And, like, when he said that, it was I, – I don't know what I did, but I want to say I was, like, ready for what? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, what am I ready for, you know? And he was like, hey, we got this show coming up in Southern Pines. And and because uh, I was like – Bro, when I was in wrestling, I didn't care what I was doing. When I was refereeing, I was inviting people to the shows to watch me referee. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't care. Like, I was I was part of the show, you know what I'm saying? And so that was kind of my thing. And I, and I had an entrance <laughs> and everything. I had a, I had a theme music for, like, for refereeing, bro. Like, I would come down the aisles and everything, jump over the ropes, all that <laughs> stuff. And I'm serious. I'm serious. And um, and so then when I actually got to wrestle or whatever, I thought that was like, it's a big deal. It was a big deal for me. Gotcha. Um, and then during that time, was Matt and Jeff with WWE, or were they getting ready to start working for them? How how does that all kind of they um they were they were doing like extra work for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they were kind of those guys where at the time when you say, "Hey, I'm working, I'm wrestling with Omega, or whatever." Oh, those guys that get beat up on TV, those Hardy Boys, and, you know, and no, but everybody knew who they were. Because they were on TV, but some people just thought, like, that's as far as they would go. But everybody that was around them was like, yo, these guys, like, you know what I'm saying? Or it. And so, and so slowly but surely, people started really, like, falling in love with them. 
because they were always who who they are now. They always felt that with that they were that way. You know what I'm saying? And so they would go places and they were in character and Jeff is always wearing the stuff, you know, it's everywhere they go, they just got attention. You know what I mean? And so, um, and I think that's that's a big thing that got them signed as well, is because not only could they wrestle, but they, they stood out. They stood out everywhere they went. They had the muscles, they had the look, they had the wear, they the confidence and and all. And so, um, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, hindsight, it's like I'm looking at these guys like, yo, like, this is it. But I'm thinking Omega's it. You, you see what I'm saying? I'm thinking, like, Omega's going to be the next. Like, one day we're going to be competing with WCW. or You, you see what I'm saying? Uh, something like that. Uh, but then they got picked up. And when they got picked up, um, Omega right. was done. But, but Shannon wasn't signed or anything so that's when shannon shannon and christian york and shane hams went to uh, nwa Wildside, and um and that's when they wanted me to come and i was supposed to come up there like one time with them and the week before i was supposed to go i broke my ankle and uh and when i broke my ankle i was on the shelf for, i don't know two two months or something like that and uh during the time that i was off they started going to uh Tennessee, like Burt Prentice, a Memphis, Tennessee wrestling, and they ended up getting going to WCW. They were gone, and uh, and then I ended up going to NW Wildside uh, there with another car load with Laz and um, another trainee's name was uh, Will Powers <laughs> and Chemo, and this, this other guys just kind of trickled in type thing. Oh man, now uh, let me ask you a question real quick. Uh, do you remember when you fell in love with wrestling? Yeah, man, I was, uh, I was probably three years old, bro. And, um, I turned on the TV and I saw Dusty Rhodes and <laughs> I didn't know what pro wrestling was. I was just, I was probably, I was young and I just saw him shooting a promo. I want to say it was talking about the devil in the boot or something. I just seen, you know, talking and he, he sounded like somebody I'm related to the way he was talking. And, um, and I was just, just kind of hooked on it, you know, and, um, was young and I didn't know. They was pro wrestling. I think I was more hooked on, you know, when it was on the microphone talking, you know, doing the interviews or whatever like that. And then um, then I started seeing the wrestling. To me, that was just the coolest thing ever. And growing all the way up, six, seven, eight years old, I was probably six years old before I realized, oh, this comes on at certain times of the, of the day. And, you know what I'm saying, this and that, because I would just happen to catch it sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I, it, I wasn't old enough to – to say, oh, turn to wrestling or whatever, like, oh, what I would say, they'd be like, it's not on right now. Um, but then when I got old enough to realize, oh, this is what comes on, or you can buy like a little TV guide and it tells you when wrestling come on uh, or whatever, it got to the point where uh, my my mom took me to a yard sale and I bought like a black and white TV and uh, put it in my room and I could watch all the wrestling and the rest of my family could watch whatever they wanted to watch. <laughs> oh, man, you was a go-getter from an early age, brother. Yeah, I, I, I was a, Man, bro, let me tell you something. I was so into wrestling that uh, when I would get on punishment, like my mom would, like I didn't, when I get grounded, I would get grounded from wrestling. It wouldn't be you can't go outside, you can't do this or whatever like that. It was like you can't watch wrestling. And that was like, no, that was like, <laughs> yeah, it was, bro, it was brought before the pastor because he's obsessed with this stuff, like stuff, man. It was, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> Oh man, oh, trust me. I, I understand that because that's that's what I do with my son now. He's suspended from wrestling. He's he's losing his mind. 
I think yeah, he's yeah, been suspended from wrestling for about a year now. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. It's like once you get hooked, it's like some people it just hooks and some people it doesn't. And it's like some people can watch it and be like, oh, okay, whatever. And some people it's like, yo, I got to know. I got to know. I got to do. I got to see so-and-so. I got to this. And it was like, and then um, man, when I think I was like 14 years old and we had cable and they had this show that used to come on on TBS called The Main Event. And it was WCW. And to me, it was all like good matches. You know what I'm saying? All the matches were like really good. And so I, but it came on at like one o'clock and church didn't get out to like, sometimes one, one fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> three o'clock sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so I'd be in church and just looking at the clock and looking at the pastor, looking at the guy. And uh, the church was like a block away from the house. So I would run home and jump, watch, watch TV or whatever like that. And uh, yeah. It's crazy to remember that type of stuff, man. Oh, man. Uh, listen, I want to know who influenced your uh, influenced your style and your character in the ring. I know when you first started off, your name was Ice, correct? Uh, yeah. uh, Caprice Ice Coleman, the, the coldest brother alive. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, what influenced that character, man? And, and how did that uh, develop over time to what you are now, man. Um, Ice was honestly like um, a spinoff of West Side Story. I don't even know if it, it's it's like a a musical called The West Side Story. It was like two gangs or whatever, and um, one of the gang members' name was Ice, and I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And then um, Mortal Kombat was out, you know, with Sub Zero and Scorpio and all that, and there was a wrestler. And Omega called Sub Zero, um, Marty Garner, and so um, I was like, "Well, I can't be I'm just Ice, you know? I'd be Ice or whatever." And like, I, I just I was calling myself Ice before I was wrestling, you know. I was like, "Well, I'm Ice, I'm you know." And it's and uh, it just kind of stuck. And then um, I think they let me have it for a while just because I believed in it so much. And then it went from Ice, uh, the coldest brother alive, to like the notorious ICE. It was like <laughs> I can't excel, yeah. <laughs> And uh, just just this stuff to build on that, and then um, then wrestling started changing to like more like people using their names and stuff, and so it went from that to Caprice Ice Coleman, and then like just Caprice Coleman, and then after that, you know, um, it was mostly just Caprice Coleman and whatever moniker would be attached to it uh, at that time. Oh man, that's awesome. Um... You talked you talked about growing up in the church, man, um, and you know I think for me I grew up in the church as well. Uh, was that uh, a difficult? When, matter of fact, when did you get called to your ministry, and uh, can you explain a little bit about uh, what your ministry is now and how it plays how it plays a role in what you do? I, I want to say I got called to preach when I was like fourteen years old. Uh, I was raised in the church uh, and all, and, and around fourteen I just started having like like these dreams that I was preaching and that I was supposed to preach. And, and, um, and then, um, I had this one dream that this guy was like crossing the street and everybody was like, Hey, you're going to get hit by a car, you know, stop, stop, whatever. And, um, and he's kind of looking at them like, what, you know, he, you can tell he's getting right across the street. And he was like, uh, people were like, he's going to stop. You're going to get hit by a car. And he couldn't understand what they were saying. I was like, Hey, stop. You're going to get hit by a car. He was like, Oh, thanks, man. 
it was like he understood out of everybody he understood me mm. and uh and they told me that like the interpretation of that is that you know not only was i going to preach but i would have a message that anybody could understand um and that's that's kind of been my ministry and um growing up in church and always mostly like I've, I've done like youth pastor type stuff and then i had a uh, contemporary service where i actually pastored a service for years um and then went overseas uh worked under the pastor there came back in uh to my home church and was like associate pastor for years then we moved to charlotte and i started working at the church here in, in the music department and um and then uh of course ministry there and then um recently like after the pandemic you know a lot of churches kind of stopped having church or whatever like that and there was a church up the road that didn't have a pastor and i talked to my pastor about it um and i was like, i just want to help them out until so i would just be there i wouldn't preach every sunday i would just be there just kind of to be a constant you know what i mean um and so start working uh, helping them out there and then um they asked me to put in um, my resume to pastor the church um, and I did I didn't get it um, but like the guy that ended up get, being pastor he asked me to be his like you know his his side um, so I'm like the youth pastor of the church uh, now um, St. Paul's Community Missionary Baptist Church and um, I just always been in ministry man just, just helping people um, the wrestling side has really helped me because I don't feel that that wrestling i mean that that uh church is just inside of church you know what i mean and i feel that wherever i go i'm almost looked at it like there here comes a priest you know he's a preacher you know what i mean and so um i, I get phone calls I, I get from different people all the time and and uh people prayer requests and and all where it's just that they hold me accountable for that type of stuff so um i gotta watch you know you really gotta watch how you live in front of people um because when people see you that way they, they expect something and not that they expect you to be perfect but it's a standard you know what i mean right and um and and i accept that you know because i've, I've been in the same situation and so i, I kind of get it and um i just am who i am man and i accepted who i am and i just walk with it uh have you had situations where um you had to pray for people in the locker room or, uh, you know, some people were looking for, for guidance uh, and they, they just couldn't, you know, get on the right track. Um, can you speak to, you know, being a, a voice for some wrestlers in, in, in the locker rooms that you've been in? Oh, man, yeah, I've, absolutely, man. I've definitely had a, a, a lot of times where I'm talking to somebody in the locker room or whatever and we end up praying or something and i don't i don't make a big deal out of it um all of it's kind of like some most of the time honestly um some people just want to be heard and it's not like solve a problem or whatever like that but but like if you could hear a person and then also being able to let them know like okay now i'm gonna be honest with you <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. some people, you know, everybody wants, some people want a, a pat on the back or whatever like that. But then sometimes, you know, if you always broke or this always happens, sometimes you have to look in the mirror and be like, what am I doing to cause that? You know what I mean? Um, so sometimes, sometimes there's some practical answer to stuff um, and some, some real life situations and all that. And, and I think I'm old enough to where people respect uh, my wisdom as well. And so I'm just honest with people, man, and, and praying. And, and I've had a, 
bro, I, I could tell you something that happened to me last week that probably blow your mind, bro. It's like I got a phone call from a, um, a wrestling promoter that just kind of texts me every now and then. Um, but somehow he, he tried to call me and I, I couldn't answer at the time. And I called him back. And um, long story short, man, this, this dude had a demon in him. And um, like legit, I don't even know what you believe, bro. But like I, I thought I was gonna die last week, and um, and the reason why is because you know, I've seen demons before in people, but I've never, never as loud and as like pronounced as this one was. You know what I'm saying? And it's like the dude couldn't talk, he couldn't say Jesus, he couldn't say anything. We talking, and as soon as we started talking about religion. He said he felt like something was crushing his head and had his their fingers in his ear. He felt like he was on fire. All like, and this ain't somebody acting. This dude is like in his sixties, bro. And I known him for like fourteen years, so this wasn't some dude trying to run game or something like that. You know what I mean? And so, by the grace of God, man, like I, I stayed with him, and it ain't me. I was praying. I was praying, you know, to God, bro. Like that's all I knew. You know what I'm saying? It was to plead the blood of Jesus and, and, and the, you know, what I was taught. You know, I kept doing that. And then he went from not being able to say anything to being able to say Jesus Christ. This is all in an hour. So this ain't like five minutes from me. I was like, I'm not hanging up this phone. Like, you know, if I if, if I die, I'm just going to be like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, uh, and, and so, um, but then, like, we got to a point where he could talk a little bit. And I, I told him, is anybody home? And he was like, his wife is home. And um, maybe five minutes later, you could hear his wife. And thank God his wife was a believer. And she's praying on the phone. Like, she, now she's praying. And she's like, Lee, get out of him, Satan. You get out of him, you demon. You de-, you know, and we both praying together. And, like, uh, a few minutes later, it, like, it left. And and he was like, hey, who's this? And I was like, Caprice. Like, hey, Caprice. I'm like. Wow, Bruh, like you all right? Like you know, and he was like, "What's going on?" And then, like slowly but surely, he he was like, "I am tired," you know what I'm saying? And he was like, kind of recalling stuff, and his wife was like, kind of freaking out. Uh, and I asked his wife, I said, "What happened?" She was like, "Well, she was asleep, and next thing she know, he came to the bedroom door and just fell, and um, and she, he was like convulsing or whatever, whatever." And she was explaining like his eyes and all that stuff, and. All she she heard me praying, so she started praying and like what the Bible says with two or three together, you know. And um after that, man, we talked some more and, and um I was able to lead him to Christ. And um he definitely, you know, said the name of Jesus Christ and accepted Jesus Christ as personal savior, uh and all and was talking about things steps to do from from then and the next day I called him. Um like I didn't mess with him no more, but like later on that night he sent me like, Hey, just let you know I love you, I really appreciate you staying with me or whatever like that. He said, I'm going to bed. So, all right. And the next day, that afternoon,